This is The Playbook. This is Dave Meltzer with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook. We are here at the greatest stadium ever built, or at least the greatest Oculus, $1.1 billion screen. Can you imagine? Well, that's nothing like the guest that I have. James Dixon is the ultimate. He is the ultimate motivator. He has an incredible story, but more than importantly, he's utilizing his lessons to empower others, to empower others, to change lives. He is the real Superman. Welcome to The Playbook. Thank you, Dave. I'm honored just to be with you, brother. I love your energy. I love what you do. I love the impact you're making. I love how you're sharing wisdom and your humility, man. I love that, brother. Let's talk about humility to start because I don't think that naturally we're born with humility. I think that we have to have challenges. We have to have failures, void shortages, and obstacles. The dummy tax has to be paid in order to realize the strength and vulnerability and humility. Uh, Because fear, it projects what I call ignorant arrogance. Mm -hmm. We know somewhere in our heart that we don't know what we don't know, but we pretend because we don't know and we're so scared (laughs) that we know everything. And for you, uh, were you in the realm of arrogance when you were young? Big time. You know, I have, um, I live with the idea that I was supposed to be tough because I grew up in the inner city. I live with the idea that I was supposed to, manhood was about joining the gang and stuff until guys turn and start jumping you, right? Beating you up. And you're like, wait, 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 wait. This, this whole arrogant thing doesn't work. Walking in who you are, but I was hiding behind being a tough guy because I'm an amputee. And the idea of being vulnerable or being disabled, I didn't want that label. So I tried to do all the wrong things in order to get attention. And you realize I don't need to try to win the approval of people who can't give me any acceptance or give me validation or give me a sense of purpose. No. Yeah, and they, they not only steal our pride, but they steal our joy, right? When we're looking outside of us for something that we should be maturing and evolving inside of us, we're drained. And you know, what, whether your disability is on the outside or the inside, or the inside yeah. it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. right? We all have worthiness issues. We all have insecurities and fears. Mm-hmm. Uh, at what point, or was there a catalyst for you that you started to, to transition your perspective, your paradigm in life to, hey man, I don't have to be afraid. I, mm. I'm not a victim. I'm wow. protected and promoted. Man, you're gonna. I wish I could say I picked it up early. Me too. But I was, <laughs> yeah. I was 45. Really, really rich. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> man, well, I would have done so much different. But I was 45 when I even had me sitting here in front of you in front of shorts is not by accident. I didn't have the courage to do this until four years ago. Wow. I was working at a factory. I spent my whole life lying to people, trying to pretend I wasn't an amputee because I was so rejected because of it. So many people, so many circles where people said no um, or used that. I had coaches say, if it wasn't for your leg, the athlete you could have been. (laughs) I had a father who was like, man, I don't know how I could have made a cripple. I had a mother who slapped me in the face when I, the moment I lost my leg, I was 11. And a nurse was telling me, James, you'll be able to do amazing things. And I had had 34 surgeries leading up to that, and I had never walked on my own. I never ran, never did all those things like other kids did. My mother walks in the room, sees me talking to the nurse and says, please don't give him false hope. Don't make him believe he can do things he can't. 
And at that moment, I look back at the nurse, my mom grabs my face, pulls it back to her and says, I'm your mother, do you hear me? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, now tell me you understand that you're a cripple. You see, when all of that stuff is embedded, I broke and I said, yeah, I'm a cripple. And so I then, even though I tried to overcome it, I couldn't until I was 45. And that was only because there were other people around me who agreed to wear shorts with me. And even then, I still had the fear. I was like, if somebody says something negative to me, I'm fighting, you know? And I had other people that were with me that were like, so when I walked into work and all these coworkers were wearing shorts with me, man, it, I felt camaraderie. But then when I came off of mute, of being afraid, I became a voice to a whole different generation. I became a, 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 all the hiding I was doing allowed me to perfect movements, gait, the way you walk, the way you move. And then by doing that, I was able to become an example for other amputees. People like, how are you able to drive? How are you able to move? How are you able to run that fast jump? How do you lift so many, so heavy and all those things? Um, all of that happened when I let go of fear because that's when I found my purpose. And within the context of purpose, one of my favorite lessons mm. is that you never will overachieve your own self-image. Mm. And in that, in that idea, you're the epitome of it. You're, you're the mm. icon of it. But it's interesting that if we rely on others for our self-image, mm. it even is exponentially more difficult to yeah. overachieve a self-image that's based off of others' image of us. Mm. Wow. And you had explained the other's image, but how have you been able to communicate that message other than by example? Right. Because I've watched your YouTube, mm. right? And there's much more than just seeing yeah. an amputee running and lifting right. and all that. Yeah, there, yeah. There's inspirational messages that even if you weren't an amputee, you would you extend and expand this infinite power that we've mm. been given. Well, you know... It, it, the best way I can answer that, Dave, is like, um, like watching you. I was one of the most impressive things I heard you say is that how do you go back and tell people you lost the hundred million dollars and <laughs> and without fearing that you'll lose credibility, and that you found it was empowering because what you lost, you never lost that knowledge, right? Yeah. So the money was gone, but the knowledge wasn't to make the money again. And what I had gone through, what I developed was knowledge. And then how do I translate that? How do I transfer that? Being, being more than an example is learning to be a voice for other people and to encourage them. So it's whether I'm visiting the hospitals, I'm teaching other people, or I'm speaking on stage and realizing that there is more to the story than the limb. I found that my purpose was bigger than that and that my voice was bigger than that. And so 95% of my messages never include my leg because I realized, like you said when we started, there's something internally. And how you see yourself, you can never outperform what you see in the mirror. You still see that cripple? You still see those limits? Are you waiting on someone else to validate you? My mom never came back and apologized. And so if I was sitting around waiting on her to say, I love you, I wasn't going to get it for that. You see, so I had to realize that I can't use anger as fuel. I had to find that image of myself and say, you know what, I'm gonna just take these limits off, right? And I'm gonna find love, not anger. Self and external judgments are based off of an opinion. Mm. Whether it's the doctor that says it, your mom, the nurse, your mm. best friends, the gang members, mm. the politicians. You name it. it. It is literally an opinion based off of two things. Mm. Ignorance, I don't know what I don't know, mm. and doubt which is fear. Mm. 
right? And it's interesting because I had a father more like your mother. Mm -hmm. My father mm -hmm. never, from till the day he died, said he loved me. Never wow. told me he was proud of me. Never told me he has my back. Yeah. You can see, 55 years old, it's still it there. still hurts. Yeah. Right? I go to therapy, think about the impact of wanting someone else's approval, validation. Because mm. they're your dad or you're their mom. Yeah. And I think it's important to let people know mm. that all of us, even the ones that mm. have overcome so much and have mm. huge self images, yeah. that every day, minutes and moments happen in my life yeah. that I'm still that nine-year-old yeah going man i wish my dad man. was proud of me i struggle with myself brother with um you see when you start off you call me superman but that that was because uh my grandmother told me that i could be that even though i didn't have i never run i never lifted all those things she was like you just gotta overcome your your kryptonite and so she didn't live long enough to see me do the things I do today. And so when I'm serving the way I'm communicating with you, I'm transparent, I'm authentic, I give everything as I'm serving her as a thank you for what she instilled in me. You and I carry a big burden. We have to overcome our own personal limitations to help other people see that they can go beyond them and then be authentic and real enough that we still carry stuff, you know? Yeah. And um, that's why, man, I love your heart. I love what you're doing, and I'm honored to be here with you. And to that end, you wake up some mornings, and I, I know there's a story about when you got engaged, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. you, you still were in a position. You never even told no. your fiance no. that, that you were an amputee. No, no, I couldn't do it. You, you see, it's easier. I had lived, I had gone through so many rejected moments that, like, the first time I wanted to take a girl to prom. You know, I practiced so hard, man, how I'm approach her. I, you know, it was a dance, uh, eighth grade dance. Uh, and, you know, I, when I first noticed her. And so we had a freshman dance, it was early in the year. And I walked across the room and I did the thing where you lean against the wall, then you walk <laughs> back, he leaned against the other wall. And I had a buddy, I tap him, I was like, the last song, I'm gonna go over to her and ask her to dance with me, you know? or a song that I know I could slow dance to or something, something that was easy. Yeah. And so I get over there and I was like, hey, excuse me. And she's like, you the one with one leg? And I was like, no, no, who told you that? That's a lie, I wear a knee brace. So I discovered that you can tell that story, right? Just yeah. defend it. I just defended that lie like crazy. So and then when I first uh, got engaged and uh, so I, t I told her, I was like, hey, listen, um, I, because of my beliefs, I don't believe in premarital sex or taking your pants off or, or things like that, right? But I just didn't want her to know I was an yeah, MPT. Yeah. <laughs> so I waited until we were married and I Definitely was like, lights sex. are off, <laughs> you know? And, and she hears this boom, 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 boom. She's like, uh, what is that? And I was like, uh, yeah, I lost my leg. And she's like, when did that happen? And I was like- <laughs> Right after uh, the wedding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, listen, are you shallow? I'm like, <laughs> so I feel like, but I was so afraid of that rejection yeah, I figured it's, it's better to, to wait until afterwards and then reveal it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too yeah. late now. Exactly. Yeah. It's called back-end selling. That's yeah, it. <laughs> um, you know what's so interesting, too, about media? You have a huge YouTube following. Mm. And one of the things, when you get up to millions of people that you don't know mm -hmm. that you're impacting, and that's what I love about social media. Yeah. Right? It has, for, for me, 
I fight the ego side of it. You know, it feels good when someone wants my picture or, or sign a book or mm-hmm. recognizes me. But the real power of it is that I'm planting seeds places around oh, the world. Man. You know, I'm in Italy and somebody says something. Mm-hmm. I'm in Bali, someone says something. Mm-hmm. And there's this story of, you know, one of my favorites was in Bali. I was coming up to the resort with my bag mm-hmm. and the, the valet, he, he's giving me those looks, right? And you got to be careful when you're just you famous. And I'll explain just you famous. Just you famous is <laughs> you go to a club and the uh, the, but the, the bouncer's like, just you. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean just him? Yeah, come on. <laughs> right? Right. I'm just you famous. Yeah. So this guy's giving me that look. But you got to be careful when you're just you famous because you can misread it. Like I remember one time I'm walking in a hotel lobby and this lady's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, waving like this. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, hi. And, you know, some guy's behind me, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking my ego. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, okay. I went to, I was sitting at an event and um, they had mentioned some something about some celebrities being there. And I'm looking around and stuff. And... Um, there was a guy near me and uh, who um, had played in a movie with Adam Sandler. And uh, he happened to be tall, black, bald. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting by him. And anyway, I get up and people are coming over and saying, well, I loved you in that movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that, w- that wasn't me, right? <laughs> right? And I was like, it's actually that guy. And they said, oh, we loved him in Green Mile. I said, that's not that guy, you know? <laughs> So, but after a while, I just went in and started signing. Yes, yes, that's me. I took pictures and I figured they'll figure it out when they get with it, that's you know. Beautiful. But being you famous, right? It, you know, the, the, the humbling part is that people recognize you and then they tell you their story. Yes. And you have to make time for them. Um, just put on an event, I was in Atlanta speaking, and there were amputees that drove from St. Louis. There were Crazy. people who, who came, uh, called a tra- um, Amway train and then caught a bus to get there and just so they can meet me and tell me how it impacted their lives. And I'm like, wow, how do you not take time yeah. to sp- hear their out and to show them love, yeah. you know? And to have the appreciation of the size, scope, and scale of the impact that you have with, mm-hmm. you know, a million and a half subscribers on YouTube yeah. that, you know, m- my team, and I'm sure your team as well, they lose perspective, right? They're like, Oh man, that video didn't do well. There's yeah. only, only forty thousand people watched <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking behind me. If Come right on, now, man. if we were doing this podcast, yeah. turned around this way, and forty thousand people, oh man, our Come hearts on. would be like. <laughs> yeah. and meanwhile, your team, because it's a video, they're disappointed. Right. But forty thousand people are connecting with you, and you don't yeah. know what basement they're in. That's right. And and you don't know. I remember Dennis Whaley said. Dave, I'm planting seeds because I wasn't ready to learn what Dennis Whaley was teaching me. And I was young in my 20s mm. and he was in his 50s. And he and I said, I'm sorry, man, I'm not believing your bullshit. This is not going to be for me. Right. He said, oh, I know it's not for you today, David. He said, but I'm just planting a seed mm. in a tree that I may never sit under. Come on. And I'm you telling you, every time I watch my videos and I'm, you know, running with my four kids and my wife and my life and. They're like, why are you doing a live? Or why are you doing that video? I think to myself, Mm -hmm. because on a bad day, 40,000 people. Come on, man. Someone's going to say, I don't believe this at all, but I planted a seed. Right? Every negative comment, I think of myself, you know what? I just planted a seed. Oh, they're about to turn. 
You're right, you know, because ego can get involved. You're like, wow, that one did 941,000. That's good. <laughs> Another one just broke a million. And then you look at them and say, what do you mean it's got 7,000? How in the world that should have hit? Did we release it at time? But then I realized I divorced myself from the results of that, right? Yeah. Because I realized that that doesn't define me. That's not my dopamine hit. I am not on social media looking for the how many likes, how many views. I'm on there so I can impact, right? Yeah. And an impact can be you can change that one person that has an influence sphere way bigger than that. Yeah. You know? Or just one life. I'm sure you've had this happen mm -hmm. as you're a speaker like myself, especially mm -hmm. when we started speaking. Mm -hmm. I remember there was a mix up Seattle University and the University of Washington pouring down rain during midterms. <laughs> and they both schools thought it was at the other school. Oh. And so I ended up with like three people. <laughs> And they asked me, do you still want to give this speech? Mm -hmm. And I was like, absolutely. And I poured into those three people as if wow. it was 300,000. Come on, man. Right? And yeah. the best part was one of the kids who showed up on accident because of the screw up, they're like, yeah, yeah I didn't even know what this was, but I needed a break <laughs> from my midterm. Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Got a calling. Yeah. He was in tears at the end. Wow. And he said, I had no idea. He said, Mr. Melcher, he said, I've been depressed anxious that's why i'm actually here i couldn't study because i'm See. having real trouble and what you taught me mm -hmm. I, he goes i can't believe it he goes i want to go back and get into school i was going to drop out and i'm thinking what? god yeah. had to bring this kid to me man he put that set that's why like i don't care how many people in the crowd and i don't perform for the camera or anything like that when i give it man i'm still an audience of one right yeah it's that 11-year-old kid that's that 9-year-old you were. We're still all performing for that and believing that God put me here for a reason. I am not going to have to do it. I'm not going to just go through the motions like, hey, guys, I'm going to cut it short since there's not people here. Because, you know, it's, it's, I've had some of my best responses from messages I delivered with no one present because I recorded in the studio. Yeah. Right? And they put it to a video. And next thing you know, here it is. And they're like, a million people saw it. You never know the impact you can make, right? That's why you have to give it your all every time. And when you have speakers that are coming up and they're like, well, there was only 50 people there. I Man, you have no idea what this is about. If you needed a thousand, if yeah. you couldn't perform in front of 50, 50,000 would intimidate you. Yeah, and it may not even be as worthwhile. Come Last on. question is about my favorite topic and we haven't touched on it, the importance of gratitude. And I talk about it's easy to be grateful for the past because you got time to process it. You have yeah. time to figure out, oh, well, if I didn't lose everything, I would have lost my wife. I would have kept on drinking and doing bad mm -hmm. things, and I probably would have been up de dead. Therefore, I'm so grateful that I lost everything. That's mm -hmm. easy. It's in the past. I got time. That's right. But people like you, mm -hmm. I'm well aware, and I've watched a lot of the content, there's this mm -hmm. different gratitude that is of the future. There's a different gratitude now in, in your heart that sings to other people, that vibrates a frequency of what I call faith, gratitude mm. of the future. Mm. You can't see it. Yeah. You have no guarantee is there. That's right. But you walk with a higher self that I'm mm. grateful for a future that I know is bigger, brighter, and better. Not just mm. for me, for everyone that I liberate to shine mm. the way that I've been liberated.
Yeah. For you, is there any advice that you can give from someone who has come so far oh, to have gratitude of the future? Because mm. people will tell you, oh, well, it's easy for you to be grateful now. You're yeah. married, you're successful. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, I get that shit all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. easy for you to be grateful right. for the past. But my superpower and yours and mm -hmm. what makes you Superman in my heart mm -hmm. is I haven't met anyone that's more grateful for a future. Man, thank you, brother. I can tell you this, what makes me grateful for the future is that, man, I, I, I have a hard time sleeping because I get so excited. It wasn't just about the, even like the moment to be with you. But this is a milestone in my life, right? It's because, uh, you know, Every day I keep getting new firsts. Every day I keep getting new milestones. So I wake up with the idea of like, man. And so I'm like, I'm so thankful that I didn't give up in the past, that I get to have tomorrow. And then I get to learn from stuff. I get to experience stuff. It is, um, you have a book on connections that you put out with Warren Moon out. Yeah. And, and it was like, the icons that I grew up, the guys I played on video games, the people who are historical figures, you know? Man, you've walked with those, and now those people you've walked with, I got a chance to walk beside you. Thank you. You see what that means? So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for who you are and the fact that you've allowed yourself. You grind like I do. We get, you get <laughs> you're speaking and you're traveling 10 days and the people are wondering, how do you balance all that? You don't, you know? Right. Thank yeah. you. You yes. just, you like if they if you see bags under our eyes and we're up, I see you up and you you're positive, you're on the side of the bed and you're like, Dave Melcia, I'm here though. Yeah. You know? You're like, I'm still here to serve. So my gratitude comes from the fact that that gratitude creates a new altitude, man. It takes me higher. It allows me to live in the moment, embrace the opportunity, and really be like, Man, I'm present. I don't have to reflect and wish I would have said something different. I'm telling you up front. This is a highlight in my life. Thank you. James mm -hmm. Dixon, Superman, is for real, and he's right here with me, proving it, not with what's outside of him, but what's mm -hmm. inside of him and how he's liberating others to find the greatness, the potential inside of themselves. What a great compliment it was. I will never forget. I'll have to go back and even watch it anytime I'm <laughs> doubting the light, love, and lessons mm -hmm. that I've been given, the omniscient, all-powerful source that we both belong mm -hmm. to and that we have been blessed to give to others. Mm -hmm. If you're not inspired, I don't know what will inspire you. This man mm -hmm. is incredible. James Dixon, thank you for joining me. This is David thank Meltzer you. here in Inglewood, California, the greatest stadium ever created with the greatest man I've met. Thank mm -hmm. you so much. This thank is Dave you, Meltzer brother. with Entrepreneurs, The Playbook.